Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Matt Mikowiak, my former colleague in the United States Senate, uh, consults on a lot of these campaigns across the country. He's back with us this morning from Potomac Strategy Group. Matt, what's your assessment? I mean, last night... It sounds like Carrie Lake was declared the loser in um, in Arizona. Do you do you have a reaction to that? Really tight, and it took a long time to reach this conclusion. Is that worrisome? Or what do you think? Yeah, I was actually in Arizona uh, Thursday and yeah. Friday of last week. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's hard to have uh, absolute confidence in a system where you know, six or seven days after election, we're still counting ballots, um, particularly when you're not talking about a, a small number. You know, it'd be one thing if you were talking about overseas military ballots. You know, when you're talking about election day ballots, you know, six, seven days after, uh, it, you know, it, it raises the concern that something is, is happening that shouldn't be happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, you know, based on the votes that came in through election night and even the day after, I mean, I mean, Katie Hobbs did have a lead. Um and she had a fairly significant lead, and, and Carrie Lake has been, you know, chopping into it. Uh, it. It appears now that she would need something like eighty or ninety percent of the remaining votes to to get the lead, and, and she's been, you know, not performing at that level. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, I don't expect Carrie Lake to go quietly. Um, you know, she was predicting as recently as last Wednesday on Tucker's show that she expected to win by a big margin. And so, you know, there has to be a reason she was saying that. Um, and yeah, I imagine where, she could be. Where did she know, think the votes were going to come from? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, Arizona has, uh, you know, has pretty large number of people that vote by mail. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that mail vote was, was overwhelmingly Democratic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the election day vote was overwhelmingly for Lake. And so I think her view was the mail ballots were disproportionately included in the first round, first mm-hmm. few rounds, and then the election day would come in later. Uh, and that is why she's made up the margin. She just hasn't made it up quickly enough. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's um, it's frustrating. It's disappointing. Um, but it's hard for me to see how she ultimately wins this election, you know, through the calendar, through the courts at this point. Yeah, that's that's been a topic that we've been talking about for over a year here on this program is, you know, I voted – within the first few days of a balloting open uh, opening in Virginia. I went over to the courthouse. It took me four minutes from door to door, you know, in the parking lot, through, cast my vote, put it in the machine myself, and was back in the car driving off in four minutes. Um, but a lot of people were very critical, like, John, you're playing into the Democrat playbook by doing that. You should always just vote on Election Day. And I don't know whether that's an emotional Norman Rockwell, this is how we do it in America. We should all stand in line and talk to our neighbors and vote on Election Day, or whether there's a practical reason that we're uh, losing standing uh, and and being overwhelmed by these mail-in votes. What's your assessment of, of this push? 
Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really subscribe to it. I don't. It doesn't bother me that other people do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anyone can vote anytime they want, any way they want within the law. Um, do you think it's the same I thing? Guess, yeah, roughly. I mean, I think the school of thought is, you know, if you know, if, if Democratic officials in, in areas don't know how much of a lead a Republican has um, through the early vote, then they won't, they won't know how to monkey with everything with, with the election day vote. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, it presumes that these elections are not on the level and that there's outright theft going on. Um, you know, one of the I think you know reasons that's hard to to, to believe is you know, generally a conspiracy of that level would have so many people involved it would be very hard to keep it secret. Yeah. Um, and you know, even in Nevada, I was talking to somebody about the Nevada U.S. Senate race, which was very close, which appears a Democrat won. Mm-hmm. You know, every single. Uh, count that was going on after election day had cameras on it, right? So it's not like it's not like it's not like it's even possible for someone to to, to throw to look at ballots and throw away Republican ballots or something like that. It's all, you know, you know, being surveilled. So again, do I think elections are perfect? No. Do I think there's malfeasance? Yes. Do I have concerns about the way 20, the 2020 election was carried out? I do. I think you had a number of states that violated their own election laws using emergency yeah. provisions to allow ballot harvesting, to allow, you know, these drop boxes, to send unsolicited mail ballots, you know, et cetera, et cetera, particularly in Pennsylvania, but, but also in some other states. Uh, but I don't, I also don't deny the election. I don't deny that Joe Biden was elected. I don't deny that he's president. Um, I just think, you know, we have a, we have a responsibility to increase the confidence that, that the voter has in the, in the election system. Uh, it's never going to be perfect, but but it can always be better, and we should be striving to make it better. And I think it was yeah. better in 2022 than it was in 2020. Yeah. I, I just wish we had partners in that goal on yeah. the other side of the political spectrum, because I think they've done everything they can to yeah. make it free and easy, and I'm and that doesn't translate to uh, confidence, at least on my side, you know. There's there's a balance between everybody being able to vote and having a secure election where everyone who's supposed to vote votes one time in one place. But before I run out of time, Matt, um, my colleague Jeff Katz this afternoon is going to spend a lot of time on his program and uh, previewing what we think might happen with President Trump, former President Trump, at Mar-a-Lago tonight at 9 o'clock, where we think he's going to announce he's in it, he's running for president in 2024. <laughs> Is he the reason that Republicans did so poorly? I mean, when you when you really crunch the numbers, and I know you're a data guy back from our time in the Senate, you were the one looking, pouring over the data constantly, which made you very valuable. Are we finding out from the exit polls that people voted against Republican candidates who may have been legitimate, may have been appealing, because once again they wanted to make it clear they hate Donald Trump? Is that what's going on here? Yeah, I don't think Trump's effect on the election was as much about voters rejecting him as it was about voters, at least along the margins, rejecting candidates he endorsed, hmm. right? I think the, the, the most significant effect he had uh, was selecting, uh, you know, unproven, untested, somewhat unknown candidates for major offices. Um, and, and look, I think, you know, the, the fair assessment to look at that is to say that really hurt us. It hurt us in Pennsylvania governor. It hurt us in Pennsylvania Senate. It hurt us in Arizona Senate. Uh, you know, you can go down a list of 10 or 15 races where he stepped in and endorsed someone who he certainly had more confidence in and who he thought was more loyal to him, um, but who did not have the broadest possible appeal. Uh, and, Outside and I think of the party. Can, 
Outside of the party, that's right. And, 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 I, and I think you can probably make an argument, John, that through these last three election cycles, 2018, 2020, and 2022, were it not for Donald Trump's uh, poor political judgment, we would be at something like 56 Republican United States senators. I mean, we, we, know, we know he basically conceded the two U.S. Senate seats in Georgia uh, in the 2020 runoff when he basically tried to convince the electorate, Republican electorate in Georgia that the, the vote was not on the level. Uh, many of them stayed home, believing their vote was not going to be counted. Um, but I don't, I don't think you just, you just, you know, rested on on Trump's shoulders either. I don't think he's the sole determinant as to why we underperformed at the level that we did. Uh, I think the Democrats used the abortion issue very effectively as a motivator for their base. They didn't have a base motivating issue, uh, and that that absolutely made a difference. Uh, and I also think Republicans did not do a good enough job explaining what they would do if they were given power. Uh, you know, the Republicans in the House did put together their commitment to America. John, I'll bet you not one in 20 of your listeners could name three things in the commitment to America. I couldn't, I couldn't list it. I was just right. talking about it. It's kind of generic. It didn't have the specificity that the contract with America did that That's I right. liked back in didn't the day. Have the Is power, that fair to the say? The power of that, of that, of that, you know, that tool. Uh-huh. Um, and then in the Senate, you know, they, they decided not to do an agenda at all. I mean, Rick Scott tried to put one together. They had a lot of opposition, and, and mm-hmm. McConnell thought he wanted to let individual candidates run their own campaigns. Um, you know, in the end, that, that I think was a mistake. Uh, and, of course, yeah. there are costs when you put a national agenda together, right? There are trade-offs. With, with any policy you propose, you give your opponent something to argue against you. Uh, and I think they wanted Biden and, and the weak economy to be the issue, and it was. But, but really, I think the problem, John, is the country is very divided. It remains yeah. very divided. This is what McC- uh, Leader McConnell said yesterday on the Senate floor. We remain a, a deeply divided 50-50 yeah. nation, and that is what this election shows. Republicans actually won the national popular vote for Congress for the first time in something like 20 years. Um, and, and in the end, they're going to have 219 or maybe 220 seats, which is a majority, which gives them uh, control of the committees and the gavel and subpoena power and the power of the purse, and that will be significant. But boy, having a two- or three-seat majority in the House is going to make that place borderline ungovernable. Oh, yeah. And, what and a it's miserable going to be ex- place to be. God. Extremely difficult. Yeah. Yep. And, and real quick, Mitch McConnell stays or goes? He stays, uh, whether people like it or not. He only needs a majority uh, of the Republican Senate conference. He's only got seven or eight people that are that are concerned or, or bothered right now. So he'll 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 be the Senate uh, minority mm. leader for two more years. Mm. That's maddening to me. Well, you know how I felt when I finally left that place. I was not a fan, and he was one of the reasons. But all right, uh, listen, Matt Makoviak from the Potomac Strategy Group, my former colleague in the Senate. I always enjoyed getting a chance to talk to you. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, buddy. Take care. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.